Welcome back to CUS Sustainability's podcast, Chasing Sustainable Business. Today, we have the opportunity to chat with Andy Chu, an entrepreneur with big ideas helping to improve our sustainable habits in everyday life. As the co-founder of both Soapstand and Drinkfill, Andy aims to create a greener society through mundane things such as detergents and soaps. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, Andy? Good to meet you both. Thanks, Cherry. Uh, I'm Andy, as uh, you have said, and I'm the CEO of Drinkfield and Soapstand. So there's, uh, well, it's two companies in one, but today we're talking about Soapstand. I have started this company since 2019, and we actually previously operated at Drinkfield. And Drinkfield launched uh, the beverage version which did really well, actually was on campus uh, in I think the service buildings, uh, the sustainability building. And it's amazing. Um, and then COVID hit. And then as you all know, with COVID, everything changes. It's, you know, we have a different life, a different world now. And so we had to change our models. No one was going to schools. No one was going to, into office buildings anymore. And uh, so we created soap stand um, and, I've been doing that ever since. Um, a little bit about me. Um, born in Taiwan, raised here in Vancouver since six years old. Um, love sustainability. Uh, it's been most of my life so far, I guess. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for the introduction. Um, so package-free products are becoming more and more popular with consumers. And honestly, I think it's much needed moving forward. But I think package-free options aren't too accessible yet. So I think it's great that you have Drinkville and Soapstand. Um, so what inspired you to create Soapstand? Pretty much just by that it was a absolute pain to live a lifestyle. Uh, I didn't fall into the sustainability and green living realm uh, very easily. And I was one of those uh, I guess a better term would be uh, those who didn't really care about environment. And after I started educating myself, I was like, oh, shoot, I I should redo something. During that process, I really experienced that is truly difficult. It's super expensive. You go to one of the zero-waste shops, you're paying triple, quadruple the price, and you got to go there. You got to drive there. You got to bus there. And as a busy person, you ain't got the time. Um, And when you're there, you got to bring all your containers with you and it's just the whole process was not very friendly. And so um, what I wanted to do was erase that entire problem gap and make it incredibly simple, incredibly easy, and most importantly, incredibly desirable to live. So that's what made me help create Soap Stand. Uh, it's a, it's a basically uh, a project, a vision, that one day I hope will come true is to really make the green living lifestyle, the actual, the only, the there's no other option lifestyle just because, not even because it's the right thing to do, but because it is just the simplest and most common sense things to do. Yeah, I know. I definitely agree with you. I think it's crazy that this isn't the norm yet like why is this a new concept like it should have been and it should be the norm like you said um and i would love to yeah yeah. (laughs) uh and i would love to know more about your personal sustainability views i know you said you didn't grow up um 
very eco-conscious but have grown to be and we read that um, you said that for the world to become truly sustainable being green must be lived by every single person and I think you couldn't have said it any better so could you expand on your personal views on sustainability and your values and your commitments? <sighs> it's, it's, I, I was having this exact conversation almost yesterday with my best friend and we were talking more about sustainability, but also about values and just social justice um, and how can we make a better world effectively. We were talking about whether we wanted to um, switch platform from Spotify to Tidal or something because of the recent controversies that happened to it. Um, and I've realized throughout my life that uh, it's, it's easy to care about the things you care about. It's easy to care about things that you're impacted. It's the hard step to do that, to work on things that is someone else's cause. It's not your cause, so to say. And a lot of times that's what happens with sustainability is that this doesn't affect me until it affects me. And it doesn't, it didn't affect much people back then. When I was younger, it wasn't a thing. I'm 30, well, I think I'm going to be 33 soon. Don't even remember my birthday, but uh, I'm going to be 33 soon. But when I was, say, your age, um, in the early 20s, it, 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 was a, it was a gimmick thing. A lot of people think oh, sustainability, that's the new marketing thing. And so um, to really be able to relive that lifestyle is, uh, I, I do really believe that it's honestly difficult. And my personal views is that um, I'm not going to change someone by preaching that the world's on fire. It is. It, it is doing ter terribly. But that's not going to get someone to care about my cause, the things I care about. What I need to do, yes, there's education, but also engage in uh, not just dialogue, but engage in the dialogue for how to make that change, how to create a system where it is, yes, equitable. Yes, it is um, easy and convenient, but most important, more importantly, desirable. Uh, we want to get people to actually want to live that, that lifestyle. And that's the only way we can really create change just about anything. You can force someone uh, and remove their platform per se. That's great. But how are we systemically going to change the entire thing? And that's what I'm trying to do with Soapstat. And that's my personal values is that um, I believe in system change. I believe in education. I believe in dialogue. Um, and I believe in ultimately doing the right thing, not just by my own cause, but by the causes of other people as well. Or I try my best. It's not always the easiest thing, but it's definitely a life I hopefully think worth living to uh, create a better world in a more broader sense than myself. I understand that the work you're doing is also affecting us here at UBC. Um, yeah regarding the zero waste refill machine at the nest. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about that? I'd love to. Um, actually, my team was there just today, I think an hour or so ago, and they were spying out locations on where to put our station, our refillery station. And uh, I think they found somewhere. Uh, I don't actually know quite where, but uh, you'll see, I think around the first floor or near the sustainability offices. Um, but what we're placing down there is basically a cleaning product refillery station 
that you can go to with your existing bottles and refill. Um, it is super easy. You can refill in less than one minute. It's super affordable. You're actually saving more than, likely more than half of what you can buy on the aisle. Because, hey, guess what? Plastic is bad for environment, but plastic is also real expensive. And so uh, you can save a lot of money. But the most important thing is what I, I commend uh, AMS and you students are doing is you're, you're saying an example. This is, this is exactly what we need is that um, we need to place these stations where people, a lot of people can see so that they can inspire and get to know that sustainability can be beyond just, uh, you know, turning off your lights. It can be beyond just um, uh, eating healthy or eating less meat, but it also is within your everyday purchase and it can actually be something that is quite uh, feasible and realistic to do. So those people who you think are just, you know, uh, don't want to live the lifestyle because ABC, well, here's something that gives them a reason to do so. so uh, I love that this initiative is happening at the Nest. I, I, I'm all for it. Uh, I'm really excited to get us going. Yeah, I'm really excited for this as well. And I, I can't wait to see the refill machine. <laughs> um, so as you mentioned before, you also um, have founded the, the Drink Fill. Um, yes. And yeah, I was. I know you mentioned that it was impacted by COVID, but um could you tell us more about how drinkville is doing and the model behind it yeah so uh, uh drinkville is such a near dear thing to my heart um quick story just like uh drinkville started basically at a trip to japan i carried my uh reusable bottle like me uh, with me like a a good little environmentalist and tried to do the right thing and quickly found out that uh there wasn't many places to refill anything, um, even just water. And yes, we have a lot of refill stations now with water, uh, but previously there was very little, if, if any, at, at Japan. And we couldn't, and the thing that made me realize that drink fuel could be a thing was, um, you don't want to just drink water all day long. I mean, yes, yes, it's healthy. I get it, I get it. That's good. You drink that four liter a day. Uh, but sometimes you want coffee, sometimes you want tea, sometimes you want to pop, sometimes you want, hey, you want performance drinks, you want to be a little healthy, I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, so that's what we did, we came back, we created, we got together and we created this, this prototype and got awfully, it looked terrible. And then for our first prototype, I would not buy a drink from there, period. But it worked, it was great. And we went on and developed more and we placed these uh, early prototypes in uh, UBC, in uh, Langara, in a few buildings in downtown. And they did amazing. And basically the, the story is that yes, it is a great business for uh, to reduce single use uh, waste and use single use plastic. But more than that, it proved our point, it proved that People were coming to this thing because it served great drinks at great prices that are just convenient. It's brought the whole value proposition of that's outside environmental point of view right there in front of them. And it's so right now, fast forward to today, we have put a pause on it, unfortunately, because of COVID. We're looking to bring it back. 
And we're looking to see what the new drink feels like. It might be something that is uh, more craft oriented, you know, kombucha, craft, uh, brew coffee, nitro brew coffee. It, it could also be going the opposite route, performance drinks. If you want, if you're not feeling the best, we want shot vitamin D, vitamin C, you can do that as well. So we're playing with a few co concepts here and there. We're not too sure yet. I see, yeah, that's so cool. Um, so just bringing it back to soap stand, I was wondering, yeah. you did touch a bit on um, like Drinkville and how you see the future of Drinkville. Could you tell us how you envision the future of soap stand? I, I wish I can screen share with you right now, just because uh, that's the stuff I'm, it's right, right, right on there, my second screen is talking about what is uh, the, the plan for one year through year five years. And, and uh, uh, it's, I, I, it's a difficult uh, vision because, and why it's difficult is it's because there's so many paths to go to on this. Um, but to answer your question specifically, let's say it's a star soap stand. I believe soap stand can be a business that is global. I believe that it can be more than just Vancouver. We, yes, we are in Vancouver. We, we are great as a city. We want to be the green city in the world. I love that. And I want to replicate that everywhere. So in fact, uh, we're doing that today. We are in uh, USA, in the East Coast, West Coast. Uh, we're in uh, Singapore as well. And so we're looking to build on that platform and expand it. We're looking to empower people who want to operate these stations to be able to purchase them so that uh, they can create their own network of refill stations. And we can work with them to do, to do so, whether it's supplying them product, eco-friendly, natural, affordable products uh, to them, to their soap stand. And so hopefully one day you'll see all the grocery stores with these things. So we believe by the end of our third year, we will have thousands of soap stands across North America. Um, and we will also be within this year or next year, be going back to drink bill, placing them into, uh, well, hopefully the nest as well, um, as well as looking into placing office building, whatnot. Now we know there are incumbents in the market that prevents us from doing so. Incumbents who prefer the older ways of doing it, prefer, well, unfortunately, profit over planet. But hopefully we can uh, help them see the other side that doing this is a great business model, uh, that they can come along for a ride, not just for, because it is the right thing to do, but it's the most profitable thing to do. So in five years, um, now three years will be in thousands, five years, I'm hoping, will be in the hundreds of thousands across the world uh, in every major uh, city that will want to have, have us in there where you can go into a certain store to get your refill or your downstairs in your apartment building, uh, maybe in a dormitory as well to get a refill of soap. But more than that, maybe it's also be able to get your um, drinks refilled. And let's take it one more step further. Maybe you don't have to have buy a bottle anymore. Maybe the bottles, there's a bottle share system that just automatically is from a machine you buy or you rent out for 20 cents or 25 cents and you go to a station, you refill that 25 cents will be refunded to you. So you never have to think about all ever again. You just have to bring it, drop off whenever you are. So imagine you have all that in the geographical distance of three to five minutes away from you. That's where we want to be in five years. It's that this convenient network 
where it replaces all your previously old habits of buying a bottle or buying a single-use waste with something that is environmental, but more importantly, something that can get a job done. Whether your job is to save money, to have a good drink, to uh, smell great, <laughs> or something like that. So that's the business that we see ourselves going. Now we know in the world of a startup, things can change within three months. Things can change within one year. So who knows what we'll end up being? But so today, the line of sand is that five years uh, later, we'll be there. Oh, that's so exciting. I can just picture myself walking into the nest with like my bottles, getting my soap, getting kombucha. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to see where soap stand and drink will go in the next couple of years. And that's all the questions that we had for today. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing about these wonderful companies. All right. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. I love that uh, you have this awesome podcast and giving me this platform to speak to something that I love and I'm passionate about. And I hope to see both of you at the nest sometime soon. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. Thanks. And that concludes this week's episode with Andy Chu, the founder and CEO of Soapstand and Drinkfill. Thank you very much to Andy for joining us today and sharing how his companies are shaping the future of package-free products. Be sure to check out the new Soapstand station located at the AMS Nest and follow them on Instagram at SoapstandCo to learn more. Thanks again for tuning into this week's podcast and we hope to see you next time. Mm-hmm.